Welcome, Bird Gang. I think I can speak for all of us. We're in a much better mood today than we were yesterday and certainly on Saturday. A special shout out to the Seattle Seahawks. On today's show, we'll lay out the Cardinals' path to the playoffs. It's a very simple scenario. We do need to discuss what happened on Saturday and try to figure out why, and there is no simple answer there. But first, an update on Kyler Murray. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 379, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Well, you talk about a punch to the gut, MJ. A discouraging loss of the 49ers and then seeing Kyler Murray lay flat on his back after his final pass play fell incomplete. Murray hurt his leg, remained on the ground, which seemed like forever before he walked off and was really favoring that leg. In fact, he never came out to midfield to shake hands with any of the 49ers. There were a couple of 49ers, those that came over to him to offer some encouragement. But it is never good to see your starting quarterback on the ground with your entire team surrounding you and, of course, with the medical staff as well. And I tell you, it certainly was not a fitting end to that game on Saturday, but it certainly looked a lot worse than we hope that it is. Yeah, and, you know, obviously when you get injured after a game, uh, at that point, they want to give you treatment and follow up the following morning with an MRI. So most most times you won't uh, address the media. So I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, normal week for the Cardinals, um, even though um, it is New Year's, a little bit different than Christmas. I would assume a normal schedule this week, getting back on the practice field. So um, I'm sure he's going to be on the injury report. You know, uh, maybe, you know, as he's, you know, because he did get hit on that play, obviously. Um, you know, Maybe he was a little scared. You know, you don't know. I mean, you're feeling it. I mean, I can't speak for him, but the fact is that he did show that he had a limp. And, um, you know, you know, I'm sure the last 24 to 48 hours now is, is getting treatment and everything else. But kind of deja vu last year in week 16, right? Exactly, because Murray was dealing with a hamstring injury going into that final game against the Rams, and now all we know is that it is a lower leg injury, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, who did add, quote, we will see how he feels this week, and then he added that he is, quote, hopeful that Murray will be in position to play and do what he does as a quarterback. So that is what we are basing everything on this week is hopeful, and now we are on Kyler Murray watch the rest of the week. Well, I mean – everyone says, well, if he's not 100%, you don't put him out there. If Kyler Murray feels like he can play and he gets cleared by the, by the, uh, the medical staff, I mean, um, but you do have to have somebody on standby. Um, you know, it's a little bit different than a hamstring. And, and he's, the thing is, you just don't want him to be hampered. Like, I can't run. That, if that's the case, I mean, I, I still think an 80% Kyler Murray is, is better what they have on the rosters. I mean, I, I'm stating the obvious, but um, – 
And, you know, these are things where you're going to have to make adjustments if that's the case. But I, I just, you know, you and I are pretty uh, consistent on Wednesdays when the injury report comes out. Let's we'll let it play out. Uh, I have a hard time thinking he would miss this game if, if we don't know the extent of the injury. Uh, but now the question becomes, you know, does he get first team reps in practice? And we, again, uh, he, we know what this offense looks like. He may make that some adjustments, but Kingsbury kind of made it uh, clear on our Zoom meeting that Chris Strebler would be the backup quarterback. And I don't think there's any question about that. He's been the backup all season long, although we haven't seen him since week two. He's only played two offensive snaps this season, talking about Strebler. Now, on Murray, though, he was not 100% a year ago in week 17 against the Rams, and it certainly did affect what the offense could do, specifically what he could do within that offense as far as the Rams knew he could not run, and they adjusted their defense accordingly. Kingsbury, though, mentioned that, hey, if Murray has to adjust, then he'll adjust and he'll become a pocket passer, which if you talk to Kyler Murray, that is what he wants to do first and foremost is stay in the pocket and get rid of the football. Now, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported the initial evaluation didn't reveal anything serious and described it as getting leg-whipped I watched the play a couple of different times, and I'll say this. Alex Barrett, if he wanted to, could have hit Murray a heck of a lot harder than he did because Murray got rid of that football just before Barrett hit him and then kind of let up. But it was tough to see, and we didn't get many different angles because at that point the game was over, 49ers went into victory formation. So it didn't look, but when Murray dropped back to to the ground – he immediately sat up and hit his right hip. Now, was that more of a frustration thing or what? I don't know. But again, you never want to see your starting quarterback on the ground, period, let alone for several minutes as the game is winding down, or in this case, as the game is ending. But yeah, Strebler would be your backup. And then if he needed to play, Brett Hundley, who we haven't seen at all this season, he's been inactive all year long, would be quarterback number two if Murray is deemed unavailable to go this week. Well, and, and maybe once we get to game day um, and we get the 90-day uh, or 90-minute uh, inactives, if three quarterbacks are active, then there is some reservation that, you know, you could start the game, but maybe you don't finish the game. Um, but we know Streveler has been the backup. Um, but you look at this game and what's on the line, um, you know, Brett Hundley does have NFL experience. Uh, listen, I, I'm not – touting that Brett Hundley should be the backup quarterback. Strebler's taken all the reps. I'm sure he's running a little scout team, you know, just to get some more reps. Um, you know, he is the backup quarterback. I'm just saying, if, if you're the organization, do you have to take that in consideration? Um, but again, Strebler has been the backup. So you, you don't want to move too much of the furniture around. You want to stick to and be consistent who you are and what you think is the, is the pecking order from one, two to three. It is an interesting conversation because you're right. As far as experience, you would go with Brett Hundley. But as far as where things have gone and been done all season long, you don't want to deviate too much of that. And if you think Strebler, you named him your number two quarterback. You named him your backup for a reason. You think he is better within this offense than a Brett Hundley. So why all of a sudden would you switch that just because it's the last game, playoffs are on the line, which we'll get to and the importance of a Week 17 contest. I just think that's, you know, is it too much for a Chris Strebler to make his first ever NFL start? Who knows? 
And I know, Bird Gang, we might be jumping the gun here, but that's what we're doing on this Monday when we don't have a game until Sunday. We don't really know what's going on with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I again, it is, it, to me, if there's there's any setbacks, I do anticipate Murray's going to start. I think what the Cardinals feel like, Tyson Hill. Now, we know he got a chance to start when Drew Brees was down, um, but I think that based on the Cardinals' offense and the, the RPOs, not saying Hundley can't do it because he, he played in Green Bay and he played in Seattle and you know Aaron Rodgers rolls out and he's in the, he's in the pistol sometimes, he's in the gun. But I think Trevor's skill set is very similar to Murray. I don't know about throwing the ball down the field, but he is a bigger frame. And when you want to get that third and fourth and one, now clearly the Cardinals tried that early in the season. And I think my thing is somebody said we're not taking Kyler Murray off the field, and you know, so we haven't seen him since. But uh, again, barring any setback, I anticipate Murray will be the guy. Now this does set up an interesting storyline this week because on the other side. Jared Goff has a much more serious injury, at least that what's been reported, than a Kyler Murray. You've got Goff dealing with a dislocated thumb and a broken thumb. And according to Rappaport, Goff's status is in doubt for this week. He needs surgery, according to reports. But Goff is pushing to have that surgery wait until the season is over with. And now if you're the Rams, what do you do? with your quarterback because this is just as important of a game for them as it is for the Cardinals and the Rams backup situation. John Wolford never has appeared in an NFL game undrafted free agent in 2018 from Wake Forest did play locally though, for the Arizona hotshots of the Alliance of American football in 2019. And then you look at the depth chart. They do have Bryce Perkins on the practice squad. So that is who is behind Jared Goff which if we do get to that point, MJ, on a Sunday where it's Streveler against Wolford, then your backups are Hunley and Perkins, two Chandler High School standouts as number two quarterbacks in perhaps the biggest game for their respective teams in 2020. All right, just remember this when the schedule comes out and we start talking about matchups. This, this is the NFL. I mean, who would have thought Josh Rosen would be a backup quarterback uh, on the same field that he was the team that drafted him? I mean – you get to this point in the year, I mean, some of these starting quarterbacks, I mean, I, I, you got to look it up. I mean, the, the, uh, the Washington football team has is, is got Alex Smith and they let Haskins go, and they're, they got a big game for them. It's, it's amazing when we get to this point in the year. And, you know, the Rams, you know, usually like when Bruce Aarons is here, you always want to have a good backup quarterback, you know, not a guy that's going to look over the shoulder, but a guy that accepts his role and Drew Stanton. Now, they brought in Blake Bortles last year, and then they made a decision um, to keep Walford. And he did play with the Rams in the preseason in 2019. Um, so I'm sure they're going to go back to the uh, AAFF Football League um, just because he did. He actually beat out former Cardinals quarterback Trevor Knight. He won that job. And, and, and it, Trevor Knight was a draft pick. So, you know, is he a guy that runs around? I mean, that offense, you have to have the boots and the waggle plays. But uh, – Depending on if golf, the, the question is going to become, can you further damage it? Okay. But we know when you're gripping a football, the thumb is one of the most important parts of it besides the, the other four. I mean, you have to grip the football and give him credit for popping it back in. Uh, you could tell he was in pain and then he was wearing the, the fanny pack. And I'm sure there was a hot thing that he was holding to keep it warm. He, he Every time he was on the sidelines, he'd come up to the field 
he had that fanny pack on. And, and even when he was in a huddle, he put us. So he, there was some discomfort for him. Give him a lot of credit. You know, Cliff mentioned uh, on 98.7 that he watched his kid at uh, golf at Cal take a beating for three years. So he is a tough guy. Maybe he doesn't look the part like when, he, when you look more skinny and thin, frail. Um, but he didn't play well in that game. And you could see Sean McVay was frustrated again. And maybe uh, I think when Sean McVay called him out, I think that the Rams media was, were like, maybe if the game was out of reach, did you consider putting in the backup quarterback would have been Walford? And he said no. And I think when Brian Flores comes out and says, two is my starter next week, that's what good coaches do. So there's no quarterback controversy. Obviously, they pay him the money. But, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think if they feel like if they can win this game, maybe they can get Goff in, in the postseason. I don't know. Um, but at this point in time, you know, he, he touches the ball every down. So I, I just think if, he, if the reports are accurate and – you know, there's a pain tolerance thing, but you have to grip the football. And so him at 50% is not going to help them, whether it's 80%, like I was talking about Colin Murray. So, yeah, I, I just think it's a tough break. Um, but I know Cardinal fans are licking their chops. Oh, no Jared Goff. Okay. Now, Kyle Odegaard, our, our colleague, posted, uh, tweeted out something this morning. The thing is that he didn't put Jalen Hurts in there and Tua. And basically those guys were starters, but they were backups when the season started. So I think we got to put them in the equation. Um, but, you know, you look at some of the backups, C.J. Beathard, it looked, you know, three touchdown passes. Um, so don't get excited about that. You still got to go out there and play. And my biggest concern going into this game is the Rams defense. And that's always a concern, especially if you're telling me that Aaron Donalds is going to play and Jalen Ramsey is going to play. Now, if the Rams, for whatever reason, think that they don't need those two players, then that's then that's fine if they're sitting on the sidelines and unavailable. But I always like the known versus the unknown, and the known is Jared Goff, even though he has torched the Cardinals. The unknown, which you don't know, is John Walford and what he can do passing, running, and running an offense. So that is my feeling going into this contest. But I'm just stunned here. We've gone 15 games heading into week 17 for game number 16. And we've got two starting quarterbacks with their playoff lives on the line. And we don't know if Kyler Murray and Jared Goff are going to be available. But I, I would think Murray's, um, Murray's situation is different than Goff's. But you're right. It's it. But it's it's Monday. I mean, we got to let it play out. Uh, I think we'll know more on Goff, and clearly we'll know more on Murray. But I think Murray has a much better chance of playing. Now, the other injury notes is Chase Edmonds, who Kingsbury called day to day with a hip injury, and this one is interesting because one, I never saw Edmonds get hurt, never saw him leave the field, and then watching the game back on the broadcast. They never caught him heading to the locker room either. So I don't know exactly when it happened. Only that at the two-minute mark of the second quarter, it was announced that Edmonds was questionable to return because of a hip injury. He was later in the second half ruled out for the game. The last time I saw Edmonds on the field was about the 535 mark of the second quarter. He was in on a blocking assignment when Murray threw incomplete to DeAndre Hopkins on a third down play. He was blocking maybe on that block. He got hit somehow. But to my eyes, re-watching the game, 
that was the only time that I saw him. Otherwise, when it happened, who knows? Heading into the game, he was dealing with ankle and knee issues on the injury report. Now, all of a sudden, you add a hip to it. Um, that is a concern heading into this week and something that we'll pay attention to as well. Yeah, you know, we obviously were able to take calls, which what you do after the game, and somebody called in and said they, they thought the Cardinals missed Dennis Gardick, and I can understand that because you know, the limited time he's been there, he's been very productive. But I, I thought they missed Chase Edmonds. Just look at the run game. Look at Kenyon Drake's numbers. Um, and, and, again, it's it's uh, it's in sync with the offensive line and the protection. But, you know, as Cliff pointed out, um, they got outplayed and they got outcoached. I mean, the games weren't in the trenches there. So um, when you look at it, it's just, it, was, it was disappointing. But, I, I, you know, again, if Chase is out there, he's part of the passing game. You probably think he's maybe after Fitz or Hop Fitz and Kirk, he's probably your fourth option, Dan Arnold. Um, but they, if you're going to have that one-two punch, you need Chase Evans. And it, it seemed like, you know, maybe early on – Again, they're going to ride the hot hand, and if Drake can, you know, lean on that, get into that second level. But I, I think they want to get Chase out there just as much as as Kenyon Drake. But Drake's going to get the hard yards, and and, and you bring a change of pace back in where he can catch the ball, and he's really good in pass protection. So I, I thought that was a big loss, considering this team only scored 12 points. Yeah, they did not have that one-two punch for the entire second half, but had problems running the football. Period against the uh, 49ers on Saturday. A Monday edition here of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we move further and talk playoff picture, want to let the Bird Gang know that if you are interested in Cardinals Cover 2, like what you're hearing, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast so you can get all of your favorite shows, Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Raids, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and you subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. So we head into week 17, and the playoff picture is more in focus. Cardinals are once again in control of their own playoff destiny. Whether they deserve to be or not is irrelevant. They have been gifted another chance after the Seahawks beat the Rams. So tip of the cap to Seattle, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and that Seahawks defense. Thank you very much. So here is the scenario, MJ. Cardinals win on Sunday at the Rams, and they're in. They make the postseason for the first time since 2015. Lose, and they're done. Although there is this caveat. According to the league, they can also reach the playoffs with a tie. If the Cardinals and Rams finish in a tie and the Bears lose at home, to the Packers. That's another way for the Cardinals to sneak in. But bottom line is you can't hope for a tie. So let's hope for a win. But it's very simple. Win and you're in, lose, and you start planning your offseason. Yeah, win or go home, right? Correct. That's it. And, you know, I know a lot of people and, you know, you get caught up in And I try not to be a prisoner of the moment because you can't get too high and too low. And I understand frustration from fans because of the five and two, six and three. But to say they don't deserve to make the playoffs because they lost to the 49ers, to me, the league has set up for, and granted this year you have a seventh team. At the end of the year, they don't ask you how you won or how you lost. They ask you how many wins you have. So to say, well, they don't deserve, um, they've earned the right to put themselves in this position. So let's let's make that very clear. I mean, I, 
yeah, nobody's happy that they lost. I mean, take care of business, start playing well. Um, you know, it's going to be difficult if they get in the playoffs, but we'll have that conversation. But they've earned the right to be in the playoffs. They, I mean, it's not like, you know, they're a six-win team and they're hoping, other, you know, that next year's going to be – they've earned the right to be in it. Yes, if you can't beat the Niners, but, you know, give them credit. They, they, they are playing for pride. And they still have a good defense. I know they have injuries, but they give them. And again, I don't like giving the other opponents a lot of credit, but they controlled the tempo. Cardinals came out flat and they got punched in the mouth and they didn't respond. Okay, learn from it. We, they, if the Cardinals do the same thing on Sunday, this game will be over quickly. Okay, so they got a week to, to, to put it behind them and focus on what's ahead. And, and, and we know over the last couple of weeks, I said they know what's at stake. Well, I hope so, because there's no more layups here. I mean, you, you get this game and all of a sudden it's, it's a different animal in the postseason. Well, all you need is an invitation. And once you're in, who knows what can happen? How about the last time the Cardinals made a serious run in the postseason? What was talked about? Oh, they're nine and seven. They clinched the NFC West so early. They got blitzed literally in a blizzard at New England. The worst playoff team in history, according to Chris Collinsworth. They advanced to the Super Bowl. Lost but they advanced to the Super Bowl. So all you want is a ticket to be invited to the dance, as they say. And a ticket would require the Cardinals to do something that they have not done since Sean McVay was named head coach, and that is beat the Rams. So a lot on the line this week. And by the way, I thought, and wrongfully so, that that game might be flexed into Sunday Night Football. It will not be. Washington-Philadelphia will be the game on Sunday night to close out the 2020 regular season. So kickoff remains at 225. However, the game will be televised by CBS with Jim Nance and Tony Romo, the number one crew for CBS. So that tells you right there the importance of this game on Sunday afternoon because not only is it meaningful for the Cardinals, but the Rams as well. They still have not clinched a playoff spot. They can get in, however, a couple of different ways. Obviously, if they win, they're in. But they can also get in if the Bears happen to lose to the Packers. That game will also kick off at 225. So that's why that game is also at 225, because the league does not want teams to kind of know what they have to do and maybe adjust accordingly in the second half or whatever. So Rams and Cardinals at 225, Bears and Packers at 225. Yeah, you look at the schedule and usually it's just, you know, they go game to game and game. Here they put the early games and then they put the late games. And it's fascinating. And, you know, a couple of years, I think it was on the last day of Major League Baseball where, you know, they, uh, you know, had a couple more wild card teams. It was fantastic. Now, you know, I think seven teams have clinched a playoff spot, okay? Seven teams, some divisions, some just clinched, you know, based on records. Um, but some are still trying to get a, you know, one or two or three seed. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I thought they would flex it out. But at the end, when I hear about Jared Goff, and then the other options were, what, Pittsburgh and Cleveland? I believe so. But the problem with the Cardinals Rams is because the Rams could get in if the bears lost. And if that game was earlier then yes. the Rams would know going into Sunday night football, Hey, we're in, let's not play a Jared Goff. Let's do a pitch count on certain players. So I think that at the end of the day was why Cardinals Rams did not get moved 
to that spot on Sunday but, night. But also, and in, in people are wondering, why is the game on CBS? Well, it started a couple of years ago. It's called cross-flexing. The Cardinals played on CBS prior this year. So that tells me CBS said, we're going to protect that game or we're sending our number one crew there. So that's how CBS valued it. It is going to be a lot of fun to talk about all week long. And then there was this scenario as well. And we'll throw this out. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter until we get to Sunday and perhaps post game on Cardinal talk. But there is a way not only for the Cardinals to make the playoffs, but get as high as the sixth seed. Mark Dalton, senior VP of media relations, put together a nice graphic on social media. And you can follow Mr. Dalton on Twitter at CardsMarkD. If the Cardinals win and the Packers beat the Bears, then the Cardinals will be the sixth seed and play a wild card game at either Seattle or New Orleans. If the Cardinals win and the Bears upset the Packers, then the Cardinals will be the seventh seed and play either at Seattle, New Orleans, or Green Bay, depending on what happens with those games. So you're looking at Cardinals, Rams, and Bears all trying to figure out positioning. But the bottom line at the end of the day, win and you're in, and then worry about where you have to travel. And at that point, just be happy that you're traveling somewhere and playing the game post-January 3rd. Yeah, and, and this would be a you know success. I know that if they don't win, they're going to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. And you're going to look at it and go, well, they're five and two and six and three. But to, to qualify in the second year of a you know, head coach and Kyler Murray, because, Craig, once we get to the postseason, we're going to start naming these head coaches and coordinators. Now, granted, you know, Matt LaFleur's, he walked into a franchise quarterback. You know, you, you look at some of these, um, you know, Bruce Arians gets a Hall of Famer. You know, Sean Payton and, and uh, Drew Brees have been together forever. You look at Russell Wilson now, Brian Schottenheimer's done a good job. Pete Carroll, I mean, you got some Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, if they get in, Buffalo with, uh, you know, so you're going to run into some different quarterbacks. But, you know, the thing is, the whole idea is just to get in. But to go eight and eight and, you know, where you had an opportunity to win your one of your last two games, if not both, uh, I think that would be a, a downer. You get in the playoffs and say, you know what, that's progress. And we know the numbers reflect it. It's just the inconsistency throughout the course of the year. And, and it's been, you know, I, I was thinking about it yesterday. We can go back to Detroit, Carolina, New England. Um, obviously, the uh, Rams' first game, which wasn't close. But for the most part, they've been in games. I mean, it's, it's about finishing and being more consistent. But I do think it's progress. If you get to nine and seven, considering you only won eight games last, and we could see with our eyes, and it's, I mean, again, at some point you got to start, you know, getting to nine or 10 wins. But to me, it's progress. But if you go eight and eight and you miss the playoffs, I think people are, they're going to be disappointed. And it's, it's, it's about one game and the perception of nine and seven or eight and eight. And how you end the regular season with back to back losses, or you end the season with a win against your arch nemesis, if you will. You slay the beast. You stand up to the bully and knock him down, and that would be the Rams. That's what the Cardinals are looking at this week when they travel to Los Angeles. Again, 225 kickoff. All the coverage on the Arizona Cardinals radio network, 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. Television, Jim Nance, Tony Romo on CBS. So a lot to like about how this is setting up in Week 17. Yeah, we don't get a chance to listen to, uh, I mean, a lot of games. Uh, obviously, you're at the stadium, home or away, really early. 
um, you do watch it when you're, you know, waiting for your uh, time to go on and everything. But, you know, there's, there's primetime games maybe that start early and you get a chance to watch that CBS uh, national game of the week. Um, but I, everything you hear about Roman, I have listened to him on, on, you know, other games when the Cardinals were playing that weekend or, but it's, it's a fun listen. I know that, you know, people sometimes, but he, he, he can call the game out. So it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, what he thinks of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and what are they seeing? Because you're going to get a former quarterback now. Um, and not that Troy Aikman doesn't do it because Troy Aikman over the years, he's very critical. He was very critical of Jared Goff. Um, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he's critical of just um, the new, uh, it was the, the Dallas football team and he can do that, but it'd be interesting to, to listen to Romo kind of critique this Cardinal offense based on the film and what he knows from a former quarterback's position against this Rams defense. I think it'd be fascinating. Listen, I really do. 225 again, bird gang, listen on the radio and have the TV on with Jim Nance and Tony Romo, or of course do what we do. And that is you watch the game either later that day or the next day to try to get a better advantage point, at least when we are watching it on television and listening to the uh, radio broadcast. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. So, MJ, I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but uh, our boss, Tim Delaney, Vice President of Broadcasting and Digital Content, I thought had a great tweet this morning, very early in the morning. And he asked the Bird Gang this simple question via Twitter. We shanked our drive on the 18th hole, but if we stick our approach two feet from the pin and sink the putt, all is good, Right. And the only thing that I would add to this, MJ, when he talks about shanking our drive, which would be the loss to the 49ers, I would add this based off what I saw in person on Saturday at State Farm Stadium. Not only did the team shank the drive, but it landed in the water. So I'm still trying to process exactly what I saw, and I'm not sure I've done a very good job wrapping my arms around it. Uh, the one word that comes to mind is disbelief. I still don't understand how a Cardinals team was so much on the line against a team that was depleted starting its third string quarterback and had an undrafted rookie, not an undrafted rookie, but an undrafted running back. And you only score 12 points against a defense that was missing a half a dozen starters at least or role players and you lose 20 to 12, and you were gifted several chances, especially in the second half, because Robbie Gould did something that he hadn't done like in forever, missing two field goals plus a PAT. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I know it's hard immediately after ball games for the head coach or players to kind of put an explanation on it. I haven't heard one that makes any sense or gives me any um, – uh, makes me feel any better by what I saw. It's just not disappointing. It's disheartening, and it leaves you a lot to be desired going into this game against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and the only thing is we can ask the questions and you, you try to connect the dots on, you know, things that you hear and see and look and, and based on the players' interviews. And, you know, the, their approach after that three-game losing streak was, you know, taking it one game at a time. And, 
I, you know, I'm out there for the 20, first 20 minutes of practice and uh, I feel like they're, you know, they're energized. Uh, I don't see them just, you know, walking out there to the last second. They're out there early uh, waiting for the, the music to start going. Um, I guess, and you know, the, the biggest, one of the, I think the top three things we're going to talk about probably in the off season is um, they play down to their talent sometimes. And you can't do that. It's the NFL. We've seen upsets over the last couple of weeks and teams that you just look at the Jets are doing. I mean, yeah, their season's over, but they're still playing hard. And, you know, they probably know that the head coach can get fired and who's the quarterback next year. Um, it's just disappointing from a standpoint of this team. They here's what I think. They have a lot of talent on this team. OK, everyone has talent. Every team is good in the NFL. It's just you have better players at certain positions and the Eagles more wins. But it seems like the Cardinals, they have the talent to put together, you know, a good game plan and play 60 minutes of football. But it seems like it's about more individuals than a team aspect. And again, I just they got they got to come together as a team. And here we are talking about this in week 17. I'm saying you could see it, but it's like. Or is everyone in? Can everyone say, I, I, can I do more? And, you know, you, you got to have your money players play better. You know, Buda Baker, um, you know, he's a great player, but I, I need to see more from him. Um, you know, he's again, he's on the field. He's playing a ton of snaps, and I know teams are avoiding him, but I want to see our, the five-star players. You know, Patrick Peterson, obviously, you know, he didn't get picked on in that game, but you know, the team's only had one turnover on defense in the last two games. I mean, the, t- the Cardinals have turned the ball over and you're gonna, you're not going to win that. So I just want I just want these guys to, to you know, play as a team. And, and when I say this, they have enough talent, but I just don't want to see individual stats. I mean, you know, I talk about Kyler Murray and, you know, first quarterback in NFL, 7000 yards. That's all great. But what about the team aspect, you know, picking up those third downs and, you know, playing for each other. And I'm not saying that there's just um, any discourse. I'm just saying it just seems like, you know, in the, guys are playing as individuals sometimes and you got to play as a team and hopefully they figure that part out. But I, it's not like I, I just figured this part out. I, they've had talent all year, but I just think at point time, at certain points, it's about individual stats and that shouldn't be the case. Individuals don't win ball games. Teams win ball games you can't do it by yourself it's not like the NBA where one guy can carry a team on his back that's just not possible in the National Football League you need help on both sides of the ball plus special teams I did thought of find it interesting because I thought Christian Kirk summed it up the best and this doesn't make me feel any better but it is something that we have all been thinking about 2020 with respects to how this up and down season has gone get off to a good start and then you'll lose back-to-back games. Then you go on a three-game winning streak and then you'll lose to Miami and then you drop three in a row after an unbelievable game uh, against Buffalo. And then now all of a sudden you're back on the losing side after back-to-back wins against the Giants and Eagles. Here's what Christian Kirk had to say post-game. Quote, it's kind of been the story of most of our losses this year. We know how good we can be when we play at our best. And today was just one of those days where we just didn't play to the caliber of football that we know we can play at, and we let one slip, end quote. The only thing I would add, again, this wasn't letting one slip. They've let several slip this season, and I would count four that they let slip this season as far as games. Detroit, 
Carolina, New England, 49ers. Four games right there that this team was certainly more talented in, and for whatever reason, they felt that they could just show up and play, and that is not getting the job done in the National Football League. You cannot do that. You can't just go and play and think, well, we're better than them. We'll eventually figure it out. No, figure it out once the ball is kicked off. And I don't think this team has that killer instinct, if you will, in them right now. I would agree with that. I think that's a good point. And you think they would have learned from the Carolina game. You know, Detroit, you know, you went against Matthew Stafford, but Carolina, Kyler is the one that used the word flat. Okay, so it's not like we're making up words. Uh, the New England game, we all knew that they, Cam was not going to throw that ball. They couldn't tackle him, and then they get the late hit. Um, but when fans hear that, they're like, how could this happen? You're playing a game and you're well paid. You're playing a game that you grew up in. in. But the thing is, we got to keep in mind they're human. They're not robots. But when fans hear that and the media go, how does that happen? You know what's at stake. I mean, I, I don't know what the analogy is, but you, you, they. It, but I, I watch the NFL. You watch it, Craig. I mean, it happens. I mean, but you always have one dud every year, and maybe that was Carolina, but that was a dud. And you know, when you get late in the year. I, I think you know you start looking at things. Why is this still happening? But you know, it's they're they're in their second year in, in the system. Um, they've made major progress, but you know, let's see if they can get into the postseason because I I think that would be something that you know we didn't predict. Early, you know, I think everyone thought they could be the surprise team and the sleeper team. And who really said they're going to make the playoffs considering the division they played in? Yeah, that's a good point. And you always want to learn from past mistakes so you're not repeating. And I think the last lesson that this team needs to learn is that you have to be there. You have to bring it each and every week. You should have done it after you got humbled at Carolina and you did for three games and that Miami game coming off the bye, that's, that turned out to be a pretty good and a very good Miami Dolphins team. So that one doesn't bother me. And then losing at Seattle, that's, that's on the road at CenturyLink Field. That's always tough. So for me, that one doesn't True. bother me. It's the New England game. It should not have happened. You should have learned from your mistakes and your uh, problems against Detroit and Carolina at New England. And you definitely – should have kept the ball rolling and made it three straight wins against the 49ers on Saturday. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. I like what you said, you know, usually when you get a lead, you want to step on their throat and put them away and they haven't been able to do that. But I, 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 I totally agree with you. You say killer instinct, you know, um, again, just because you have talent, you got to go out there and play. I mean, games won the trenches. I mean, we talk about scope players so much, but it's really, blocking and tackling and executing. And, you know, um, Cliff said he probably could have called a better game. That, to me, is subjective, um, better execution. But, again, uh, the Niners wanted it more. And that's, to me, the frustrating part when you're a Cardinals team trying to – you're playing for something, and they're playing for pride. I mean, obviously, guys, there's you know, we talk about when, when you get to the last month of the season, you, you know, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. You better be, you better be playing hard for something. And – you wouldn't fault those guys and say, hey, we were on the road for Christmas. We've been in Arizona for the last three weeks. We're just going to play the string out. Um, but they had gotten beat the week before. And, 
you know, Dallas put 41 on them. And it wasn't all, all in the defense. They had some uh, special teams and a defensive touchdown. So it wasn't like the Niners gave up 41 points, but as a team, they did. So, and, and you know, let's be honest, their defensive coordinator, Robert Sale, uh, Sala, he's a guy that, you know, got, got that team to play hard. They were, they were missing some starters. So it's unfortunate, but it's just disappointing that at this point in the year, we're still talking about going out there and putting your foot on the pedal and having a killer instinct. Cardinals only had 350 yards of total offense. Kyler Murray, 247 yards passing, 75 yards rushing. DeAndre Hopkins had eight catches for just 48 yards. And Kenyon Drake, your leading rusher from a running back standpoint, just 45 yards and a touchdown. And I know a lot of it, people look at defensive shortcomings and getting teams off the field. And yeah, the Ram, or excuse me, the 49ers did run for 227 yards. That certainly cannot happen. And that, I think, was the frustrating part on just how easily 49er running backs, including C.J. Beathard, had room to run and gain 10, 12, 15, 18 yards on the ground and sometimes untouched. But I'll always go back to the offense because this is an offensive-driven league. You have to be able to score more than 12 points and against a 49ers defense that really didn't have much of anything outside of Fred Warner He's, you know, a Pro Bowl player and a very good player. But outside of that, I mean, they're big names. They were all watching from a suite near us up in the press box. That is correct. And that, and that get, again, that goes down to the disappointment and the letdown. But you know what? From a, from a Cardinal standpoint, um, you got to focus on the Rams now. You know what I mean? It's just to a point where this is your whole season. I mean, but every year you can go back and look at certain games. Um, and this is going to one we're going to look back at. And, you know, the, the, the beauty is they control their own destiny and they kind of been in this position for a while and did, it looked bleak on Saturday night, just from a standpoint. You know, now the question becomes, are they a playoff team? Well, if they win on Sunday, then they are. And then we can have a different conversation but I, I think it's fair to ask that question right now. Is this team a playoff team? They're certainly not playing like a playoff team. They're not playing like they want to be a playoff team and want to play into January. I'm talking mid-January. So to that point, they're answering that question just by what we saw on Saturday. And, and we know perception is they haven't played up to par. You win this game against a team you haven't beaten since they've had a Sean McVay. And now you're in the playoffs. Again, it softens the blow a little bit. So this, this, I mean, who would have thought week 17, you're always hoping to be in position, meaningful football in the month of December. But it's not like they have to win and, and get help. You win and you're in. You lose, you go home. So everything that's transpired, they still have a chance to get to the postseason. You can erase a lot of wrongs by going out and showing that you want this. And I'm talking about everyone, coaches, players, staff. I'll include ourselves here on Cardinals Cover too, because at the end of the day, what is going to be remembered most is what you did most recently, and that will carry you into the offseason. You lose, and we're all talking about what happened and how you let a golden opportunity slip through your fingertips 
you win. And then all of a sudden what happened, it just becomes, you bottle it all together. And then all of a sudden it becomes, Hey, nine wins, winning season playoffs for the first time in 2015. Yeah. There were some stumbling blocks and some uh, bad moments, but you know what? They overcame that. So you're, you're right. You're exactly right. 60 minutes is the difference between a great off season and looking forward to 2021 and looking back at 2020 going, what's wrong? And there'll be questions. Can this team move forward with head coach, quarterback, defensive players? The questions will be much different if the outcome is not what the Cardinals want, and that is a win on Sunday. Yeah, and every team does it, but the teams that you know miss out on one game to make the playoffs, it's always what if. And we'll talk about Carolina. We'll talk about Detroit. We'll talk about the New England game, the 49ers game, but – it's just to me, it's it's kind of mind-boggling that one game can change the perception of this entire season by getting the nine wins and getting into the playoffs again. Eight and eight seems like a disappointment when you were five and two and six and three. Well said. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals and Rams. We'll be talking about it all week long because right now it is the only thing that matters here in 2020 when we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.